on my gravestone it will say he watched more <laughs> Kickboxer than the people that made Kickboxer. I don't want my chief puffs to get moldy and, and old. <laughs> I have never and will never be a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> 90s nostalgia is big now. I'm going to be relevant again. The hair is long and curly in this movie. Along with some good special effects, I might add. Yep, I like to go outside. I like to go on adventures. Oh, I've moved on to my, my old gummy snacks now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that would still be recording an episode for you from a hospital bed. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And if my neck muscles don't improve, that might actually be the case next week. <laughs> uh-huh. Live from Live. Millersburg Hospital. <laughs> oh, man. I don't... I, I, what sucks is there wasn't even a catalyst for it. I, I got up, came down, was sitting in the office, and then just kind of do a little stretch like I do a hundred times a day, and bang. And I pulled a muscle from my shoulder up through the back of my skull somehow, and I can't... I can't move. <laughs> Isn't that weird how that, cause that has happened to me on occasion to where it's like, if I do a workout or whatever, and then I'm kind of stretching down and I do the same thing every time, but all it takes is just one little something different and your muscle from your asshole to the, your brain, yes. it just yes. stretches everything in your body and you're screwed for a week. Oh, it's <laughs> horrible. I mean, and I usually like, I'm not a, a chiropractor guy at all. I, I don't. It seems kind of quacky to me, um, but this one was so, usually I just suffer through it for a couple of days and then I'm okay. This one was so bad that it was like if if I don't see real improvement tomorrow, uh, I'm probably going to have to bite the bullet and go to Quacktown. Yeah. I guess uh, oh. I don't, don't really want to. But <laughs> anyway, we're not yeah. here to talk about getting old. And our maladies, let's talk about some movies. Let's start yeah. off like we always do at the roulette, where we uh, make each other watch movies in our queue in hopes of finding those gems in the rough and avoiding the grenades. And, hold on, I do believe it's your turn. Yep, you're up. You get pulled this week. Uh, it's 10,000 Saints and Visible Secrets. Tell us about the surely a gem... <laughs> There's visible secrets. <laughs> I haven't heard a, I haven't heard a, a peep from you this week about it, so I assume it's just the greatest movie ever. Uh, it's it's mediocrity at its finest. It's you know it's I th- this is exactly what I was I was expecting it to be. Is this is J horror back when J horror was pretty popular early early two thousands, and it's it's just generic. I mean it. It's the same loud noises, jump scary ghosts, long periods of dialogue. Um, but it is indeed a horror film. We were kind of it is yes. It's a, it, actually it's a little bit more of a fantasy than horror. It has a pretty solid horror ending. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, ghosts are involved, but, but ghosts are involved in all of these early two thousands uh, deals. But uh, it. If you've seen Grudge and The Eye and The Ring, this is and uh, Pulse, this is that, but not as good. Um, it's slow. Uh, it, I it, it was hard for me to pay attention. Now I will say this: I didn't watch it like at night with the lights off, and I know that you and I have had that conversation about 
reincarnation that it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. This one probably would have been scarier had I watched it really loud with the lights off and at night, but I, I'm like, you're not getting one of my prime time evening spots. Well, nope. you can usually tell too with that kind of thing. If, it, if, if like, nah, that probably would have been remarkably better or if it's just yes. sort of slightly i mean the, the the j horror is so flooded with these kinds of ones where it's just exactly sort of, yeah mediocre yeah so but i mean i i could go into the plot it'd be a young couple they fall in love and then there's ghosts and there's a reason there's ghosts but if i if i say what it is then it kind of it, it blows has the whole j horror plot it, yeah it has to do with a uh yeah so, but it has some good, it has some good scenes. If I would have watched this way back when all of those movies were coming out at the same time, I would have, been, I would have given it a, definitely a better score than I did now. Um, but it's watchable. You'd probably like it a little bit better than I did. I mean, it's not like it's a direct to video cheapy, you know, like the movies are nowadays. Mm. Uh, this is still back when most stuff was shot on film and all that good stuff. But yeah, I, I was going to text you, but I'm like, I don't know what to say. This is, this is exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. No problem. Um, I'll, I'll keep it in the queue in case I'm feeling particularly J horror-y. Otherwise I'll probably leave it on the back burner. Yeah. I don't know why. Something about the, the, those J horror movies is it's like you guys, you have almost too much story in there for what you're trying to show on screen. And then I get lost and it gets boring um, and then the loud noise with the ghost, and it was effective back then, but now I'm like, I need more than that. I just need more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the ending was cool. I mean, again, ghosts and, uh, wronged, yeah, yeah, a wrong person, yeah. <laughs> uh, you I get the drill. Yep, yeah. Yep, I've been down <laughs> that road before. <laughs> so, anyway, there you go. It was directed by a, uh, a lady, by the way, Anne Huai. <laughs> yep, that sounds right. Or something. <laughs> okay, so, cool. Anyway. Uh, anything else? No, I... No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, on my side, I had 10,000 Saints, which is the story of a boy sent to live with his estranged father in New York City, a Vermont teenager befriends a group of punk rockers who eschew drugs and alcohol, starring Ethan Hawke, Azra Butterfield, and Emily Mortimer. And I, I could be wrong. I believe Emily Mortimer was in the True Grit remake, and I believe she was also in um, the other one with Aja Butterfield and Harrison Ford up in space. Uh, Ender's Game. Ender's Game. So they've they work. They have a good on screen presence together. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, just, just no, and. Here's the thing with uh, this type of film. Now, you, you know, when it comes to a a drama of this type or, I don't know, man, just following somebody along on their story, it felt very much like this could have been a a true tale or, you know, uh, an actual, actual somebody's life. So we just kind of follow this guy along for a year or whatever, a couple years. And a lot of times these kinds of things, it just, in my opinion... They either totally work for me and I love them and near masterpiece, like a guide to recognizing your saints, or I'm just, I'm bored and you're kind of mopey and emo and I don't care because I don't like you. 
And yeah. This falls into that category. I, I was not very sympathetic to, I mean, I was sympathetic to Aja Butterfield's character, but the problem was he's a huge, uh, Misfits fan. So for the first half of this movie, he has a long ponytail basically down the front of his face. And you just want to slap the kid. You know what I mean? That was cool when the Misfits did. And I I think it might be set around that. Like, I think it's set more like 90s. Okay. uh, Where that was still a a thing. That was still punk. But, my God, he's got this hair down, straight down the middle of his face. And it's not the way the Misfits do it. It's, it's, it's almost like a ponytail. Like, it, it looks stupid. And I just, yeah. ah, I just wanted to slap him. It reminded me of that episode of Roseanne where they meet the, their one girl's new boyfriend and he has two perfect strands of hair that come down right into each eye and doesn't move them. And the whole time they're talking to them, they're, they're constantly swiping their face because they can't stand the hair in the eye. <laughs> I didn't see that episode. Oh, but it's, no, it's I, hilarious. But anyway, so. I did feel bad for the kid in like some of his motivations along the way. The kid acts great. I have no problem with his acting. Um, so he has to go live with his weirdo drug dealer father, played by Ethan Hawke, who is also kind of a scummy loser that I don't care about because he's a scummy oh. loser. Um, and he's not bad per se, but it's sort of like an amplified version or a worse version of the way he was in Boyhood. And in Boyhood, he was already kind of a piece of crap well here he's like really even more a piece of crap but spouting off all this philosophy type stuff while at the same time never having two bucks to pass along to support his kids and it's just sort of like i don't care move on and yeah this doesn't sound like anything i will ever watch wow no and the thing is i uh Sorry, I thought I heard kids screaming. It's just on my wife's watching TV. <laughs> Thank mm. God. <laughs> um, and here's the thing: it's it's not a, a terrible film by any stretch. It's just sort of like uh, like halfway through, I'm going, "Where is this going? What's our our point?" And that it, it, we just kind of follow him along, and he learns a little bit about life and love, and blah blah blah. You've seen it before, yeah. but, but that's what makes me think that this was this was either based on the writer's life or a kid the writer knew or the the director maybe. I don't know. I didn't do any research because I didn't care. Um, but I watched it all the way through. I... So, so two very mediocre movies. I don't want to entirely dissuade people from checking out 10,000 Saints. Yeah. You might watch this and it might hit you that you were at the same place in your life as the, as Butterfield's character and you totally are in sync with it and it's really moving to you and you'll love it. And that's great. I was not, and I highly yeah. doubt you will be because it was even too young for me. And same applies for visible secret. If you're just getting into J horror, this is certainly a watchable movie. It's it's second tier compared to I Ring Grudge that that stuff, but it's it's very watchable. It's just I'm jaded, and I'm like I've seen this before, done better. Eh, whatever. Remind me after the show, I'll tell you a spoiler that happens at ten thousand uh, Saints that really threw me off about uh, right about the end of the first act. I was because I, at first I was even with the annoying hair, I was like I'm kind of on board. This is kind of interesting. Like what's going to happen here? And then something happens at the end of the first act where I was like. Oh, oh, we're one of those. We're we're doing that. That's what we're doing. Oh, okay. wow. So All right. remind me after the show and I'll spoil that for you. 
Okay. What's what's cool though about your movie is you could play Six Degrees of Glenn Danzig and you'd win. <laughs> I could, but who'd want to? Who'd want to? Yes. <laughs> Mother, that's who. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, that's all I have for Ten Thousand Saints. Go ahead, sell me on your movies this week. Sir. Okay. Movies for you. First up, we have a movie that I really, really want to watch called Jackrabbit. And maybe it's the trailer that sells me on it. Um, it could be another, uh, it could be another Netflix dud, but it looks cool. The, 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 the screenshot on Netflix looks really good. Science fiction. Uh, there are some secrets that are carried to the grave. This pair is trying to make sure that does not happen. Now, that's the Netflix synopsis. Um, I should pull up IMDb real quick here just because IMDb has just a little bit more. I posted the trailer a couple of weeks ago, and it did have flavorings of, like, 13th Floor or The Matrix a little bit, or uh, not with the fighting and all that jazz, but just sort of, like, world-within-a-world kind of stuff going on. Yeah. Also yeah. breathes pretty heavy of maybe hipster pretension. So, oh uh, yes, uh, yep. It 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 could definitely go that route. Now on IMDb it says here it's a science fiction thriller when a friend's suicide leaves behind a mysterious computer drive. A fringe hacker and an accomplished computer tech come together to decipher the message left in his wake. But yeah, the the trailer, I lots of mopey looking people in it, but. <laughs> It could still be a good thing. Yeah, I was very happy when it hit Netflix. I was like, sweet! Sci-fi dork. Anyway. Yes. Uh, Next up is Mexico Barbaro. Mm -hmm. Barbaro? um, Sure. Yes. C. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. That one, uh, where is it here? Okay, now, actually, on IMDb, uh, it goes by Barbaros Mexico. On IMDb. Mm. So there you go. 2014, it's a horror movie. Eight Mexican directors unite to bring tales of the most brutally terrifying Mexican traditions and legends to vividly shocking life. And this one here, it immediately I'm intrigued because it's an anthology, anthology. movie. So it's one of those, whereas if uh, one or two of them suck, as long as there's half of them are good, it generally is worthy of a watch. So uh, it got, now again, it got some pretty good reviews from horror sites, but that honestly at this point doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Um, so, oh, anyway, I, I had both of those lined up to put on your queue, but you jumped yeah. and beat me to it. So, yeah, well, and coming off of Southbound, which I thought was fantastic uh, horror anthology, uh, I'm I'm a little bit more forgiving of or like, okay, I'll look, I I could easily go on a on an anthology tear, and this one here could definitely be a gem. Mm-hmm. So, okay, and lastly is another horror movie that popped up 2000, 2016, Uncaged, and again. Some reviews are pretty good for this one, and that's why it got thrown your way. It could be Netflix junk, but uh, comedy horror thriller. A sleepwalking teen straps a camera to himself and discovers a sinister family secret that he's a werewolf. Oh, so is it uh, found? So it's found footage of some, or uh, I, I believe so. Yeah, shaky uh, but, cam footage. But you never know. It it could be something, maybe, mm-hmm. I, or uh, nothing. Uh, over on my side, The Hollow, not to be confused with the previous Hollow that was on the roulette a couple of months ago. That I watched, ago. yeah. Yeah. This is H-A-L-L-O-W. Uh, when a London man moves his family into a secluded mill house, he discovers that the surrounding forest is filled with demons who prey on children. Yeah, that doesn't sound totally awesome. Or does <laughs> it? 
Hmm. Um, I almost want triple documentary on you. This this they, oh, they really? added so many good ones. Hmm. I, I, yes, good they ones. did. Uh, Chuck Norris versus communism. Do I do I need to say anything? This is no, a that title is so great. <laughs> You're good. Uh, <laughs> this doc looks back on Romanian uh, dictator. Romanian first name, Romanian last name, ban of Western media, and how an influx of bootlegged films changed the country. Which, it's Chuck Norris. What what more do you need? Yeah. And I really hesitated putting this one on because I want to watch it really bad. All work, all play. The global rise of esports is charted in this documentary that follows several League of Legends teams en route to the Extreme Masters Championship. Uh... Professional gaming, professional video gaming, that is the topic of that film. So anyway, uh, yep, there you go, and you get to pick first. Okay, I gotta say, uh, both of us, I think, have some pretty solid movies on our roulettes, uh, especially you, uh, because all three of I would bet all three of those are going to be good, and like the Hollow, that has gotten legitimately good reviews. Yeah. Um, and those documentaries, they, they sound like easy, no, no bones about it. They're going to be good. But horror guy, I'm obviously, I'm going to pick the hollow. Yep. Um, having said that, I, there's a, there's a good chance that I'll watch the other two as well, especially that all work, all play. That sounds so good. I, both of them do. And, and yeah. kudos to Netflix for adding so many in April. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, April 1st rolled around and I, I actually, was hesitant the first day about posting him because I'm like, is this a joke? Did you really add this many good looking, high rated <laughs> uh, yeah. movies from every category? Did you see that it added uh, batteries not included? I can't oh, wait to watch yes. that again. I, me too. <laughs> I haven't seen that since the VHS days. Uh, me too. And I can't wait. I'm, I'm giddy to watch that one again. Yep. Because I'm sure it's in HD, probably somewhat remastered. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, over on my side, Jackrabbit and Mexico Barb. Borrow or whatever were both uh, those were top tier. That's roulette gold right there. But yeah. and I'm really tempted to go with the Mexico one. Uh, that's the safest pick, I think. And I really want to watch that, but I need to pick a roulette pick and take a chance. So I'm going to take Jackrabbit. Um, just I, I'm hesitant on that one, just because yeah. like, that trailer looks great, but at the same time. It could come out a primer, or it could come out one of these ten other the one, crappy roulettes that I've watched sci-fi that you've yeah. thrown on, where it's like, oh, or Moby and feelings, and nah, and it's like, oh, here's my here's my steady cam shot, here's my crane shot, here's my blurry half focus plant shot over Everybody's the shoulder, glum and sad and We're acting, all, and the camera's always moving, even when it's a conversation, it's like shake, move, move, move. Yeah. I, I, I'm a student yeah. filmmaker, and I got to cram every single shot that I learned in there. Eh, so it could very well be that. On the other hand, it could be primer. I'm going yeah. to report back next week and let you know, Jack. Because that one, there, like you said, that one there, uh, one of the roulettes that I had recently, uh, it, it was a complete ripoff of Ex Machina. Remember that one? Yep. I don't even because I, I hated it, and that's what my fear would be. Uncanny. Was it uncanny? uncanny. Yes. That's what my fear would be for Jackrabbit is it's exactly like you said. It's moving camera and people are talking quietly and glumly and 
were emo hipsters making. Uh, yeah. We have to, we have to stop no. using hipster as such a derogatory term because I, I edit this thing. I listen to it three times. Every single episode, we're like, hipster, 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 hipster bullshit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, listeners out there, we're not hipsters, if you can tell. <laughs> and we're not even against your lifestyle. Just do whatever the hell you want. It makes you happy. But the, the film, the filmmaking techniques of these kids, oh, it's, it's deplorable. Mm-hmm. It's Agreed. unwatchable. <laughs> yep. When it's more like, look how cool I am, instead of like, tell a story, maybe. Yes. It's comprehensible. Quit moving the camera. Anyway. Uh, okay. I, I thought, uh, I got plenty of recently watched that I want to chat about, but I thought in the, in the, in between here, we got, we have plenty of time. Throw a couple of topic, throw a topic your way, maybe two, and vice versa. I said, come up with a surprise topic and maybe something to derail us. Um, and, and, uh, we'll chat it up, see where it goes. Um, all right. But something you just said that made me think of another one. Is it just me or, is is the uh, this maybe maybe it's just me uh i find myself cranking the volume up for dialogue scenes and turning it way back down anytime there's action <laughs> hey kids don't forget to stay tuned after the credits the end of the show for the bloopers woohoo Okay, so uh, yes, after that brief intermission, we were—I was trying to bring up the topic of yes. I don't even know how to address this mumble dialogue or whisper dialogue, where everybody, when it comes time for a dialogue scene, that's not when action is going on. Everybody suddenly gets to. And then I have to crank up the sound on my TV or sound. Well, not so much on my sound, but the TV or whatever. And then the action starts and it's so freaking loud. I got to crank, turn it way back down. Did I just get old and have kids and I'm worried about waking them up? Or is this a real thing? Is it just me? Uh, You know, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about is uh, just a new form of filmmaking is that mumble crap. There are, you know, People are it, acting. Even, no, no, not that. I'm Even in Daredevil on Netflix, it seems like whenever there's a, there's just lots of scenes where people are, have to whisper. Even, you know, they're standing in an office talking and they're like, oh, now we got to have a conversation. I'm like, huh, what? I, I know I'm not getting deaf because I hear every damn thing that happens in this house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wakes me up every, at night, every hour. Yeah, I don't know. No, that's interesting. I mean, and then you get stuff like uh, like Interstellar, which was deliberate. I believe deliberately. It was deliberate. Yeah, he said it was. I'm guessing that not everything is deliberate. Like, hey, let's make so that this is almost unintelligible. That you have to have subtitles on or crank the volume way up, and then we're gonna blast an action scene directly following, so that you quick reach for the remote. I, I. I mean, hey, I just watched Friday the 13th, the original, not that long ago, and stuff like that never happened back then. It's like I... They also were recording in, in Dolby Surround yeah. 2.0 at best. Yeah. Or, you know, something mono. Yeah, but it, but back then, mm-hmm. like, it was... I, I watched an old Roger Corman movie today, and not once did I have to, like, what are they saying? It was, no, oh, no, I can hear Vincent Price just fine, and now here's the old school music, and yeah, I... 
I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's just all meant to be on a sound system where it's more balanced or something like that. You're meant to be watching it in a more cinematic setting. But but the majority of people are not doing that. That's great for for the cinephiles and whenever, you know, my yeah. kids aren't around and I can crank the sound system up. But the majority of the time that <laughs> yeah. I'm watching it with the TV volume yeah. and it's it does not work. You know, and I got to say, sometimes uh, I've noticed that I actually when I am watching a movie, an older one, if there is an option, I can't believe I'm actually admitting this, but I will sometimes actually revert to the original uh Dolby stereo or Dolby mono, uh, sound choice on the Blu-ray that it's still like an uncompressed, like it's still HD audio, but instead of a, a 5.1 sound, it will come in every single speaker, like how it was even, or even how it was back then. And actually Friday the 13th, I did that with is instead of the, I don't want to say fake, but you know, it's remastered and it's made into 5.1, but or 7.1 or whatever. Uh, but I'll choose the original Dolby stereo and it, and it actually sounds better to me, to my ears at times where it's like, I can perfectly hear the audio, like the, the dialogue and the music and all that. It's like, it was back then, maybe it was just made more for like, like you said, it was, that was the way it was recorded. And that's what sounds best. And I, I know that there's a lot of purists out there that they'll get upset if there's an old school movie that comes out on Blu-ray and it's, it, like, I, ah, you know, give me the original, the original soundtrack because that's what it was originally like. And I can, I'm to that point where it's like, I can kind of understand that hearing some of them, hearing some of the new 5.1 remasters where it's like, I, I'm getting nothing out of my rear speakers at all. Whereas if you turn it to, uh, you know, all channel stereo or whatever, it comes in on all speakers and it sounds damn good. So I get what you're saying, but I, I like the option. Give me the option because mm-hmm. it's different for every single movie. It really is because there are movies that I don't want cleaned up um, to, to that argument where, no, I like the gritty look of it. Leave it gritty. And then there are ones like the, <laughs> boy, it's you and me against the world again on this one, but that Predator Blu-ray yeah. where they cleaned it up so tight and it looks fantastic. And I love that cleaned up look. On that movie, but on other ones, it's like no, not so much. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that's just different for every film. But but give me the option, especially when it comes to the soundtrack, score, whatever, what, uh, audio selection. Yeah, agreed. Anyway, little derail. I don't know. Maybe somebody ha- has more knowledge of the inner workings of the uh, audio tracks that they do today with that whisper shit. Can uh, yeah, send us an email. And let us know. Yeah. Uh, topic that I actually had written down though. Um, now that Batman v Superman, no, we're not talking about it anymore. That is in our little <laughs> box thrown into the bottom of the ocean. Yep, we're done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that that has come out, what is your next most anticipated film of 2016, other than Captain America 3? Taking that one off the table. Okay. And I don't mean your next one that's coming, that's going to be released. I mean the next one that you're like, if you had the, if you had every release of 2016 on the table and you could watch one right now. What would oh, it be? okay. So it's not like what's coming next because what's coming no, next. Not what's coming next. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I, first I do want to answer what's coming next though. Uh, first, just because there is a huge movie uh, that I am, re- that honestly is one of the biggest ones of the year for me. And that's the jungle book. Uh, I cannot wait for that movie. So that that is way up there. And I would say that that's probably in top, possibly three. I think that movie is going to be 
phenomenal. I really do. I agree. Uh, but as far as uh, this is probably the easy answer, but honestly, the the movie that I'm most looking forward to is Rogue One. It is. I mean, I watched Force Awakens last night, and you know what? <laughs> Rogue One. It's. I know it's the easy out, but I I can't wait. More Star Wars, bring it on. Force Awakens holds up so incredibly well on second viewing, and I'm one of the nerds. Not nerds. Uh, the nerds are the ones that have watched it 50 times. I'm one of the weirdos that have only watched the movie one time in the theater. And so watching it last night on Blu-ray, uh, it, was just, it was even better. Like, this is so great. So, I almost went to the Dollar Theater to watch it again, but it was the same day that it was released on Blu-ray. So I'm like, should I just plop down the 20? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. if I wait a week, it'll be cheaper. And no, That's one that I guarantee you'll be able to pick that one up on the cheap real soon. Because that the market's going to be flooded with copies of that thing. Yep. I, I forgot about, I didn't forget about Rogue One, but it, it just, it's hard to believe we're going to get a Star Wars movie every year. It's like, I'm living in a it's, fan. It's, did I die? It's awesome. <laughs> it's Isn't that but, great? It's something about comic book movies and Star Wars. It's just, that's fantastic. I'm surprised that you picked that over Star Trek, Star Trek, though, because over the course of our show, it, you have been Trek guy versus I'm a Trek uh, guy. over Star Wars, but I gotta say that trailer, um, uh, I hey, I love this new world that Star Trek has that Abrams has created with Star Trek. Um and I don't wanna blame the Beastie Boys song, whatever, but I don't know what that trailer it made it feel not half as epic as the first two did, at least with their trailers. And this one here, I I, I don't know. I'm just not as excited. I can't wait. I mean it's gonna be great, I think. If there's but, one thing I came out of Batman v Superman with, it was don't give me another Star Trek trailer. Because every damn epic thing in BVS was in that freaking trailer. And that yeah. pisses me off. I, I don't need to see another thing about Star Trek. I, your audience is pretty much pre-sold for that movie. I mean, you yeah. Give me a recut of it where it's not the Beastie Boys song throughout the entire thing and maybe a couple of more shots. But save it, man. Just save it. I, I'm yeah. so... Oh. I was, that was my biggest disappointment about BVS, and I think that's one of the reasons people are getting so shitty about it, is because that entire movie is in the freaking trailer. <sighs> yeah. Which is annoying. Anyway, um, so Rogue One takes your number one spot most in- I believe so. I, I know it's the easy out, but it does. Know. And number two, yeah, number two, honestly, it's probably Jungle Book. I, I think it looks so good. I, I can't believe I'm saying that about a kid's movie, but, it looks fantastic. Damn it. You're, you're selling me on it. I'm, uh, and here's the thing. T- tomorrow morning, that Rogue One trailer comes out. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. yes. Or the teaser or whatever. Well, the teaser for it was today. I don't, I don't do that teaser for teaser bullshit. But tomorrow morning, while I'm going to be at work and can't post it to the page, <laughs> you might have to be my Johnny on the spot and do that for me. Okay. Um, yeah, the Rogue One trailer. I, I, uh, we'll, uh, I'm in. It, Come on. <laughs> we know it's going to be that. Um, is that your choice? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Jungle Book is going to print money. That, it looks fantastic, but if I had... Okay, if I had to play by my own rules and I have all of 2016 laid out in front of me, what do I want to watch next? Yep, it's probably that. I mean, Su- one. Suicide Squad would be a close second. I really want to see that movie. But, uh, again, I'm not as hardcore into that as I am Star Wars, I think. And if yeah. it was a Batman-Joker movie, I that would take the cake. But, mm, 
Ah, okay. Well, you threw me yeah. off there. I didn't. I forgot. I totally <laughs> forgot about Rogue One in that sense because uh, I was looking at the Fantasy Movie League sheet. Like, okay, here's the hot shit for this summer. Yeah. <laughs> now, is, there's something else coming out uh, before Rogue One, uh, right beginning of the holiday season that is going to probably do really, really well. Looks really good, and I, yeah, it's escaping me right now. It's there's Rogue One, and then there's something else coming out this winter that. Oh, really actually, looking. that would probably be my number two, even above Suicide Squad, and that's Doctor Strange. And mostly, there you go. Mostly because of Scott Derrickson. I am so pumped to see yep. what they put together for that. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, heck yeah. I'm all on board. And I haven't, I haven't even watched the, the uh, animated movie oh, yet. Oh, you're that. going to before that. <laughs> uh, but that was, yeah, actually, that was going to be my answer. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, that, that's my next most anticipated. But Rogue yeah. One, yeah, you threw me for a loop there. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. But I am really excited right. to see what they do with Doctor Strange. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think that's... Now, do you think that... Um, how is that going to lead into the next Marvel movie? Is that going to tie in with Guardians of the Galaxy then? Or because I... Am I to assume that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is going to be following... Uh, yeah, that or? yeah. Guardians is next year. Guardians two is next year, I believe. Well, it's not this year, so it has to be. Um, yeah. But uh, Cap three is gonna, is our next one that comes out what in a few weeks, and uh, supposedly the teaser, the stinger on that is Doctor Strange, and that's where Marvel's really going to be introducing magic. Well, they already did with Thor. Yeah. Uh, but they're really going to be going heavy with Doctor Strange. There's no way around it. Um, because he is all about the magic and sorcery. Yeah. He is the Sorcerer Supreme. But the most exciting thing about it for me is that it's Scott Derrickson. I really like him, even if it like his movies are. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say mediocre or anything like that. They're not, but they've all been made on a budget. He just seems very realistic about what he's doing, what he's making. He knows how to really stretch every dollar, and that's really exciting to see him be put in this position. Yeah. Yeah, well, look at James Gunn. James Gunn is a student of trauma, and he made Slither, which I really like Slither, and now he's he made the one of, if not the best Marvel movie ever. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, be interesting to see if if uh, because, like you said, there's a new Star Wars movie coming up pretty much every year from now till who knows when till one of them flops. Uh, which I can't see that happening for many, many years, but it might. But I wonder what other directors they're going to eventually bring on board for this. Because we've already got a great lineup of directors heading our way with these Star Wars movies. And I wonder, like, would they try to tap into a James Gunn or Derrickson? Or- it could go either way. They could continue to keep tapping these, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of rookies. And bringing them up to the majors, letting letting yeah. them play, they could also start tapping the uh, big names if the if the bubble holds. Like I would love to see a Spielberg. Um, oh, what was it? There was something he's never made an off. I'd like to see a Spielberg Silver Surfer movie. That he's never oh. made an alien movie that's full alien off world or outer space movie. Mm. You know, everything has been yeah. on Earth based. So I would love to see Spielberg really go out there and do something crazy like that. But will they pay him to do it? That's the question. Most of the time they're pulling yeah. these rookies so they can keep control, uh, in my yeah. opinion. I, I don't know. It all depends. I, I wrote in my Deadpool review that um, I feel like we, you know, everybody's talking about the when's the comic book bubble going to burst. And it's inevitable. It is going to at some yeah. point or another. 
But I said about Deadpool that I think it marks the beginning of the third act for uh, the comic book movie, as far as being the main uh, crux of summertime cinema. Because you're introducing the R-rated thing, now you're, you you got to up the ante. So everybody's going to start doing more R-rated stuff. You're really going there, and eventually it's just going to go a little too far where you're going to spend just a little too much money on something, and that bubble Kaboom. is going to start yeah. popping. I could be totally wrong, but that's just my take on it. I don't want it yeah. to end. I love comic book movies. I want them to keep making Even with like BVS, where it's like, I, I had complaints with it. It's not perfect by a long stretch. Uh, but damn it, I would rather be watching this kind of shit more often and Star Wars than, I, I don't know, a lot of the crap at 2012 or some some garbage like that. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, it'll just be interesting to see which directors they tap to to for these these superhero movies uh, and Star Wars. Just to see what you know. I know that James Wan he's going to be directing Aquaman, I believe. Yep, that's kind of that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like I like his style because he's another one of the new the newer directors that uh, has kind of made it big time now. Mm-hmm. And I, I I can't believe I'm bringing this guy's name up, but I I am looking forward to seeing. When Mr. Josh Trank gets back on, <laughs> back on the horse and makes another movie, because I'm, I know that eventually, I'm obviously he's laying low, uh, but I'm curious to see what he does next, because I, I'm rooting for the guy. I think that he got a bum rap. I don't know the whole story. Uh, there is a good movie in Fantastic uh, Four somewhere uh, that I think was lost because of studio interference and possibly. He just wasn't the right director for that movie. I don't know, but I'm curious to see what that guy does next. He got hated on so much, and I, I don't like that. I think that I going at least going off of uh, Chronicle. I think that there is a good director there that hopefully can still make something in the future and, and get back on track. Hey, if if uh, damn it, what's his name? The guy that made that I Heart Huckabees. What's his? Uh, oh, and Three um, Kings. D- David O. Russell? If David O. Russell can come back from the absolute nightmare shenanigans behind I Heart Huckabees, if he can come back from that, anybody can come back from anything. Yep. Because he's a good director. Yeah, most of the stuff with Trank was was so rumorific uh, that and uh, unsubstantiated that it's sort of like you can't believe any of it. You don't know what's what. It's all just very... Yeah, was he? Because people were saying he's drunk and fist fighting people, and it's sort of like what? I didn't. I mean, yeah. I've listened to a lot of interviews with the guy at in depth, long hours, long podcasts where it's like I don't. He doesn't strike me as that no, kind of volatile. Whatever. We're getting derailed here on on. I will Josh say, Trank. I will say though I, that I look, I look forward <laughs> to watching more from Josh Trank because I like Chronicle so much. I think that guy's going to be in purgatory for a little while, and it's not because Fan Forstick wasn't a good movie it's because of the tweet he sent out yeah that puts you on that's hollywood blacklist, blacklist. Material right there. yeah that's not good yeah i'm not saying it's right but yeah it is what it is he, isn't it interesting though he has literally dropped off the face of the planet i have not heard at me that dude is laying low mm-hmm. So yep, I know. We'll yep. see. Keep I, working your Taco Bell job. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get there again, buddy. <laughs> yep. Some of us out here don't uh, believe every internet rumor that we read on uh, clickbait articles and bullshit websites. Uh, yeah. 
we'd rather, uh, especially when people are saying, oh, I had, man, I was fine working for him. No problem. I'd do it again. It's like, hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> usually they're a little more dodgy. We got about 40 minutes. Do you, you want to touch on, uh, did you bring a topic you want to touch on or do you want to dive did. right I, into, actually, I do. hold on. Do you want to I, dive right into recently watched because we got some big uh, recently watched stuff to cover? I did watch your movie, by the way. Okay. Um, I I do have one topic that I want to just okay. bring up Go just to see what uh, what what your thoughts would be. So, as far as I'm not sure if you've if you've noticed, but I think that 3D is dying down. I don't think that it's over, but it has drastically been diminished. And I'm one. I mean, Disney at this point they don't even release Blu-ray movies anymore with 3D on it. Um, and I'm wondering what's going to be the next thing that gets people into theaters, or what might be the next thing, and maybe not just theaters, but where do you think we're going to be going next with with home entertainment or theatrical uh, viewing? And I bring this up because of Hardcore Henry coming out, which is essentially a first-person shooter. Looking through the eyes of a dude with a machine gun, I, I, I've been hearing rumors about uh, virtual reality being something that might play into future movies. I think that might be cool if it's – and I'm a horror guy, but maybe for a horror movie, I think that that could really work well. But who wants to be in a virtual reality comedy or weepy drama? <laughs> but I'm just well, – I, I just wonder like they've done the Dolby Atmos, which I have never experienced Dolby Atmos before. But I'm wondering what our theater is going to keep doing to bring new crowds in and same with the whole, the home – audience as well like what can what's the next thing are we going to be buying helmets like daft punk that we wear <laughs> and now we're 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 with we're with schwarzenegger mowing down predator and yeah. what i don't know we're I'm, all sitting around with iron man hats just like yay, yeah looking around yeah. Breaking, you know, ruining my <laughs> neck muscles even further yes. so that i can be involved in the movie um yeah <laughs> now i think that um i, I think you're gonna find stuff like the audio advancements like Dolby Atmos going to be more uh, mainstreamy, whereas you're going to see the stuff like the virtual reality, which as it is right now with the uh, the headset and all that jazz, you're going to find that like the 4D theaters. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where you'll, you'll see them sprinkled oh, yeah. around at theme parks and specialty things here and there, but not much more than that because who's going to pay uh, 30 bucks a ticket to go sit in the theater. You know, you're not going to get a huge mass market of that. The virtual reality thing will become a, a more mainstream idea when it's brought into like, like the 3d glasses are now where you can just put on like that simple pair of glasses and look all around the room and see everything yeah. like a virtual reality. Then you will have brought the market up to speed where it's acceptable for the mainstream. Um, I think you're going to see, you're still going to see 3d. It, they have brought in too much money um yeah for for those movies but they're just kind of going to reserve it for in the it, with the joke that you made you're not going to go watch a weepy comedy in 3D they're they're not do, they didn't even do that they're not going to do that they're saving that they're they're obviously reeling it back a hair but because people aren't going to pay for it but they're the yeah. your big tent poles are going to remain having 3D options and always the best times where they get oh, the most always. people every single time the first showing yeah. of the day that's the 3d one it's like you bastard i'm trying yeah. to watch a 11 30 show they're like nope that's the 3d and you know what happens i don't go i go home yeah doesn't suit me yeah forget it i'm out i'll go yeah. home and watch it because anymore i've 
yeah, I've turned around and I've like, not, nah, I, you know what? I don't want to watch that in three. I don't want, I, it's not worth the extra 250 a ticket. Nope. No, I'm no thanks. I agree. And that's why they're going to be a little more selective about it. But you're, again, all your comic book movies, your Star Wars movies, all of this shit with that we absolutely have to see. They're going to be uh, pumping the 3D show times and slimming the 2D as much as they can until they absolutely can't do it anymore. Uh, so I don't think, I don't think 3D is going to go away. I mean, they're yeah. reeling it back a hair, but that's about it. And with the virtual reality, not until, uh, the technology catches up with, uh, where it's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I would guess that Peter Jackson's 48 frames a second, uh, I would guess that that is DOA. I cannot imagine. And it's we- not. They're going to, no, they're going to keep flirting with that tech. It, that's, that's, <laughs> that's up there on the cutting edge, man. I'm, I'm not saying that that's the future, but I'm, it, it is something that they're going to keep messing with. And we're, we're, wait till Cameron's next avatar or five comes out and then we'll see. Um, yeah, that it'll make a lot of difference with, with when you're yeah. doing that full CGI 3d world kind of thing, that's when you're going to want that high frame rate. Avatar is perfect playland for that. Yeah. And with that is all new equipment, all new Blu-ray players like that, that actually can handle that bandwidth and eight new HDMI cables and new TV. Uh, all that is another, it's just interesting to see how this goes when I mean, this is coming from two guys that used to have little black and white TVs and now look where yeah, we I know. And, and, and we tend to look at it like, <laughs> damn it, I got to rebuy all this fricking shit, you assholes. But you know what? Yeah. We're really still at the birth of home video. You know, we haven't, tech hasn't really hit that cutting edge, uh, solid where it's sort of like, I, we're still the Model T era. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? <laughs> like there's, we, yeah. we've hit a standard with automobiles for many years now, but we're, we're not there yet with home video. We've gone through VHS, Laserdisc, Beta. You know, we've been through all this shit. We're old. Yeah. Most you know, kids these days are going to be like, what? Laserdisc? What, what is this giant record yeah. you're trying to put on? What? What do you mean yeah. black and white TVs? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and eventually, what do you mean a physical, what's this disc? Or Get, what, what? Where's my hollow cube so that I can fill the whole yeah. room, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, that's, I, I don't tend to jump on the bandwagon of another format. Damn you. But it's, just let just let it play out. Eventually, it'll kind of hit a plane, a uh, standard, yeah. and 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 we'll we'll all be kind of on the same wavelength, and and that it'll be what it is. All right. Or I could be completely wrong, and they'll just keep screwing us. <laughs> I'll be double dipping on my hollow cubes yeah. so that I can get what the- you don't have a twelve K TV. I know, I know. My bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my projector disc, the light went bulb went out of it, and I can't watch Andy Circus in three, you know, three D jump around my living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? We'll just have right. to wait and see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I had. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I enjoyed that. Let's get on to Recently Watched, because we have some big-ass movies to talk about. And since it's your episode, you get to go first. Okay, well, let's start uh, Let's start with the movie that I watched, and I believe that you may have watched as well, uh, that I, was, I had pretty high expectations for, but I didn't think that it was going to rival or overtake, for me at least, the best movie of last year. And that was 
Straight Out of Compton from F. Gary, F. Gary Gray. I found the Blu-ray for Straight Out of Compton for a real, a really reasonable price. It's the unrated version for an already long movie. The movie was, the theatrical version was two hours, 35 minutes, something like that. The, the uh, extended version is two hours and almost 50 minutes, uh, which I'm like, oh boy, I like NWA and I like Dre Easy. I, I, I grew up in that scene, but I'm like, ah, it's a long ass movie. But it was cheap enough and a new enough movie. And it won you the, the fantasy league last year. Yeah. For, so I'm like, I, I have to check this out. It got stumped at the Oscars, popped it in. And within 10 minutes, uh, I was like, okay. If this keeps up like this, this is going to be a fantastic movie. And by end credits, uh, it rivals, if not overtakes The Revenant, for me personally, as my favorite movie from 2015. It is that good. Everything about this movie I thought was pretty much perfect. Perfectly cast, perfectly paced. I can't think of anything to cut out of the movie. In fact, I think that towards the end, when th- when when shit got real... Uh, it felt like it should have gone on even a hair longer when, uh. So you did opt for the were... director's cut though? The, the longer? Definitely. Version? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Definitely. Uh, I, again, I, I can't think of anything that they could have cut out of that movie. Uh, I, I, cause I, I will probably never watch the theatrical version. I just watched the director's cut. Hmm. And that extra 15 minutes, I thought was great. I wanted more. I wanted like an extra 15 minutes towards the end. Uh, to, to even flesh things out a little bit more, like with Paul Giamatti's character. I, it, they kind of wrapped him up, but I think that it was like, Ugh, I had, I, I had more than enough of his character. And I, I, okay, since I, here's a weird thing about me. I am all for the director's cuts. You know that if you ever listen to the show, that's what I want. I want to give me the longer cut. I'm okay with that. Uh, since I borrowed the movie from you, and this is not generally the kind of movie that I'm going to watch twice a year. I opted for the theatrical cut because let me see what they show okay. in the theaters. That way it gives me motivation to watch the longer cut because I am a shoe in to love this movie already because uh, I totally grew up in that era and remember that scene and remember NWA and I remember all of that straight yeah. out of Compton, uh, the album. Um, yeah. I, I echo your statements. I loved the movie. Absolutely loved it. It was pitch perfect. Um, I almost wonder if it wasn't a little too kind to everybody involved. It was sort of like, you dissed me, then I dissed you. We're friends. Easy had AIDS. The end. The end. It was sort of like, (laughs) (laughs) um, and I think that that some of that, some of that stuff may have been addressed in the director's cut. I, Uh, I look forward to watching the director's cut. When I buy this Blu-ray, and I absolutely will be buying this Blu-ray, this will yeah. be on my shelf. But I wanted to, because oh. I knew if I watched the director's cut, I will never watch the theatrical. I wanted to see where the where they started, and yeah. that way I can recognize what they added. Um, yeah, that's and, that, that's that's a good point. Yeah, because uh, uh, I would I did read up a little bit on what was added back in, and I know that there was some character beats with Easy E and his. Uh, his wife, that th- there was a little bit more relationship building there with them, which is good because of what happens with Eze. Yeah, uh, and there's a little bit more of an emotional payoff with him and his, his this movie, wife. And, this and, movie and, absolutely needed another 15 minutes. I, yes, I, I totally wanted more, another 15 minutes. It's just I yeah. looked at the runtimes and I was like, eh, I'll watch the theatrical. 
Especially yeah. since, honestly, if I had blind bought this thing for $2, I would have watched the director's cut. But since I borrowed it from you, it was like, ah, because I know I'm going to want to buy it. I just know it. And and yeah. also, on top of that, there's a good comparison to make here from a movie that I've been trying to get your ass to watch for some time. <laughs> um, Ray. Okay. Oh, Jamie Fox. I've never seen I it. I believe it's yep. on Netflix, or at least it was. Might not be anymore, but if not, you need to watch that one with the wife. You guys would love that movie. Okay. What this movie is for rap, Ray was for R&B, blues, and that kind of scene. It's that It's that good, dude. That's I'm, Will Smith. No, Jamie Foxx. Oh, Jamie yes. Foxx. Yes, Jamie Foxx. It's really it's absolutely that good, but huh. here's the thing. Um, I watched the direct, or the, I watched the regular theatrical cut of that movie, and then uh, I bought, got the DVD extended version, director's cut, ultimate whatever cut. Uh, the director's cut, mm, that stuff didn't really need to be in there. That felt more like the deleted scenes crammed back in, and it didn't really oh. add much. So the theatrical cut, I actually prefer. There's a situation where I shockingly prefer the theatrical cut i think it's yeah. better it's and, and we're talking like eight minutes it's not a notable amount of time so yeah the, the, the stick with theatrical on ray but that movie the theatrical 10 out of 10 that's it's fantastic it's completely i have to you watch got that. to it, it with the wife it's completely different though than uh straight out of compton because you're talking about bluesy R&B versus uh, <laughs> yeah. the birth of gangster rap. And it almost annoyed me that they kept saying the birth of gangster rap and this is gangster rap because I grew up in this time frame and for all of the the controversy surrounding gangster rap, I never associated NWA with it. And that's probably... Oh, really? Well, it's probably a, an oversight just with where I grew up, the middle of frickin' Amish country in Ohio. It was always, oh, I can't even remember, I can't, I can't even conjure up the, the band names, but it was always these other ones. The, the ones that had the bikini asses on the cover of their album. The uh, Two Live Crew. It was Two Live Crew <laughs> that I always remember being the, the and uh, Coolio, and, and and things like that. I mean, here in, in this little podunk town, we were always yeah two years behind everything. Um, yep, you're right. But... I never associated NWA with that crowd. And that was, that relates to my favorite scenes in this movie. The press conferences where they would throw out the, the, the reporters would throw out ultra baity, shitty questions. And oh, they would. It pissed me off. Yeah. It pissed me <laughs> off. But at the same time, I loved it because they were very erudite and spoken, were very well spoken and would just shut them down very instantly. And the, and the reporters were like, Oh shit. I'm not, yeah. I'm not dealing with a moron here. I got to talk to this person like an actual person. And it was like, yeah, screw you. And I loved that. Those were my favorite scenes of the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, especially, especially Ice Cube's character, which was played by Ice Cube's actual son yeah. and spitting image of his mm. father. I mean, they are, that is a father son deal right there where it's like, wow. That's Ice Cube's son, and he is playing Ice Cube perfectly. But he was extremely intelligent. Like he, it seemed to me in the movie that he was the the crux of the band. To where it's like he, well, he wrote most of the songs. Yeah, he wrote most of the songs, and he knew something was up with Easy E and with Paul Giamatti's character. And then Suge Knight came in. It it was so fascinating to me. It was. uh, It was. It was revisiting 
all of this stuff because I remember when all this shit was happening. Yeah, oh, just, I, me too. I, I, it was it was fascinating. I, probably doubly so because we were so involved with it at the time. And yeah. It just I feel like some of it probably was a little sugar coated here and there, but I do remember like when they got back together a bit. And Ice Cube and Dre are friends again, and the way that Dre operates, that all made sense to me. It just, I, I, it probably was a hair of sugar coating along the way, but that's okay, because I like those people in Judas, Shug Knight. Oh, and the thing is, like, I'm guessing that he's probably even worse in real life than he was portrayed in that movie. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But as soon as I, I really hit that scene when Snoop Dogg, came on board uh, with Death Row Records. That's when I really got into that scene. I I knew about NWA because my friends listened to NWA, and I listened to him a little bit, but it wasn't until Snoop Dogg came out with uh, Doggy Style. Mm. That was when – then I was like, okay, what else is out there? Then it was uh, The Chronic. It was, it was the, Chronic the Chronic for me when The Chronic came out. Oh, that, okay. That's when I was like – I went back and revisited NWA. I heard about them, but that's when I went back yeah. and revisited NWA – and 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 listening to it, I was like, this is not at all like the gang. Even as a youth, I was like, this is not at all like the gangster or quote unquote gangsta rap that I've been led to believe is so harmful for our generation and whatever. This is like completely a whole separate entity. And it was amazing that I could understand that in like what eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like. This is this is f the police. I almost thought about opening the show that way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's so funny though. I, I totally wonder how somebody who didn't grow up in it, like somebody younger than us, would would perceive these events. Because growing up in it, when uh, all of that shit was hitting the fan with f the police and and all of that crap with with straight out of comp, I remember all of that shit. And yeah, and the, the the riots and Rodney King and people, you know, oh, oh yeah, man, it was so hardcore, um, and so it it, it affected us so emotionally. It, it was just so impactful, and that's coming from two friggin' white ass cracker bitches that grew up in Northeast Ohio and Amish. Amish country, as far away from that as possible, and we were pissed off about that shit for those guys. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Oh, I know. I remember that. I remember that well. Uh, but yeah, so the movie itself was t- to me, I'm not sure where it would fall for you as far as top 10, but something about it because I lived in that time and I remember all of that stuff. I mean, I remember when, when that song came out and the, the, like you said, Rodney King, I remember all of that stuff and I'm like, wow, I'm watching this now on screen. It portrayed so well. Like everybody in the movie, I believed they are nailed it. Those characters, they nailed the characters. So good, so good. I agree. So, no, I, it definitely would make my top ten of the year. Up to probably top five. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you liked it. Oh, it, I'm cool. I think it's cool that you watched the, the theatrical version. Uh, now that now eventually you're going to watch the director's cut. I'm, it'll be curious. I'll be curious to know what you thought of that version. Maybe you might come back and say, "Dude, trust me, the the theatrical version is actually a tighter paced movie." I don't know. I I, Uh, we will see. But I I like to be able to uh, evaluate what was added, already knowing what was left out. Yeah, or if that makes any sense whatsoever. I do remember it. I I had to laugh with the the one character I knew the least about. Excuse me, was Easy E. And that was as far as uh, any of his work, because I, I was more familiar with, with uh, Dre and Ice, especially Ice Cube. Um, yeah. And then, and, and NWA. But 
Easy E, I was like, yeah. And it was interesting to see how he like wasn't a rapper. And then I know when then cool? became <laughs> one. And it just made ugh, it made me laugh so hard because the only connection I have with Easy E whatsoever would be about the year I graduated high school, riding around with you in your car right after we reconnected, and you're yep. like, listen to this shit, Easy E. And we were listening to that old old school. That was when he was still alive. Yeah, that was straight <laughs> off the streets of motherfucking Compton. That was the album. <laughs> yes, it was. Was he? Wait, he was still alive at that time, wasn't he? Um, if he was, it was uh, I, maybe I'm a little, I don't Like I said, in the, in, proof. I know yeah. the least about Easy e of all. <laughs> in the movie, they make reference to Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, and, and that uh, was literally I remember that. And like Bone Thugs came out on the scene, and then Easy died. Cleveland, and that was Cle- that was it. Cleveland represent <laughs> Cleveland. Yep, Cleveland band. So I anyway, so I was hoping they'd have played a snippet of it, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, humongous thumbs up on Straight Outta Compton. Yes, oh, I'm and so glad you like it. Everybody right now is like, oh yeah, we watched that movie when it came out in theaters. You morons, we get it. But yeah. Anyway, we're but- just now getting to it. <laughs> Us family men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, now that we ate up 20 minutes with uh, Straight Outta Compton, uh, yeah. anything else? Nope, that's it. Go for it. Uh, okay. Sheba Baby is a exploitation film. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing really much to add to that. Foxy Brown is Foxy Brown. Yep. Uh, what did, What did you think of that being a PG-rated movie, by the way? That's oh, PG. That's a sign of the times. That's it. Uh, nothing yeah. to that. That's anything Pam Greer that era. You you know what you're getting into. This is like old school kung fu movies for black exploitation. It's uh, it was watchable, but uh, it didn't stand out. Uh, she's no. smoking hot, and she will be forever. I think. Last yeah. time I saw her, I know. she's like seventy years old and still smoking hot. Yeah, and it, I liked that movie for some reason. Plot is simple. But I'm like, it, this is PG and people are getting murdered and it's like, I throw, throw an F-bomb or two and a pair yeah, of boobs and this yeah, is... Yeah, was back when PG meant nothing. They just didn't yeah. have anything else. <laughs> Should have been R. Yes, pre-Temple of Doom days. Yep. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was fine. I enjoyed it, but yeah, uh, pass it right back to you as soon as I get a chance. <laughs> okay. Will I ever watch it again? Yeah. If you, you'll eventually buy the official Arrow uh, release so go, oh, yes. go ahead and pass, I liked it. go ahead and pass your screener right back to me then okay tell, <laughs> tell then you can have it um, okay well let's keep on with well, with real quick give me a sec okay uh, since okay. I'm doing my quick ones uh, I went back and revisited Fright Night one and two mm, uh, yes. just because I needed to I haven't seen them since oh, like VHS days it's been that long and at that point I was not super familiar with this era of filmmaking and the things that go along with it. And I gotta say, I, I'm, I, I'm really upping the scores here. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the, uh, effects on both of them. Uh, the very practical effects, but also there were a lot of effects where I'm like, how the hell did you do that? I know it was maybe a mix of practical computer or something, but, what the? That was amazing. Yeah. Um, the stories themselves are mirrors. They're both very slow for the first half, and then they kick off and go, but that's a sign of the times. That's what they did at the time. That's all you can say about that. 
very watchable. Now, I was asking you, are there more in this series? No, there's no more old school. There's just one and two. Nope. It's just one and, and two. And then the remake, yeah. and that's it. Yes. Well, the remake, and then there is a sequel to the remake, which was all one of those Romanian shot Netflix garbage. It was awful. Hated oh. it. I yeah. might have to watch it just to check all the brightness <laughs> off my list, but anyway. Yeah. Now, part two was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. I'm not sure if you know who I he is. recognize the name. I want to say Friday the 13th sequel. Right? Wrong? Uh, no. He made Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and Stephen King's It. Oh, okay. Well, I'm so, a, yeah. I'm guessing. I'm not, uh, I'm not, you're the horror guy. You fill me in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thoroughly liked uh, Friday Night Part II. I liked both of them. I thought they both were really, really good. They're right on par with each other. I, I yeah. wouldn't pick one over the other. Cool. Uh, so I checked three off my list. Go ahead. I've got maybe one or two more, but... Uh, okay. Go ahead. Okay, so I uh, want to talk briefly about another Netflix movie that I watched called Dope. <laughs> I I got to watch Dope then. And this is one that we've thrown back and forth on the roulette, and for some reason... I don't know what it what it was, but I was flipping through my through my queue. Like, what should I watch? And I saw Dope. And I'm like, watch it right now, or you're not going to watch it. I, 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 <laughs> the mood the movie was just perfect. Immediately, I liked this movie. Immediately, I liked it. And uh, I, you know, I th- actually the reason that I clicked on it when I did was another podcast that I listened to. They made reference to the soundtrack of this movie being so good, and they weren't wrong. The, the soundtrack of this movie is fantastic. And this is kind of a, a a newer version. I don't want to say a gangster movie. It's not. But it's it's a newer version of inner city Boys life. in the Hood or? But yes. Yeah. Kind of Boys in the Hood. But with a, I don't want to spoil it, but a bit more feel good. A, a bit more uplifting, okay. I guess you could say. I loved it. Other than the way too preachy last five minutes of the movie. So many movies dropped the ball the last five minutes, and this movie did. I gave it. I still give it four stars. Uh, but it was so good, and the whole way through, I'm like, how are they going to wrap this up? It's three teens, which you immediately like all three teens. They're great, and they're very. Uh, it's set now, but they're very much the, the three teenagers in the movie. Uh, they love '90s, early '90s hip hop, and so they dress and act like early '90s hip hop. <laughs> and so we hear a lot of early '90s hip hop, and it's so badass. I, and I never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and then they get involved. There's a drug deal that goes bad that they're involved in, and they have to get rid of the drugs. And it's so cool how this all plays out, and it focuses so primarily on. The kids and so little on adults. I really liked that. Soundtrack is killer. It gets way too preachy the last five minutes of the movie. It's almost like, um. Did you ever watch Belly? Uh uh-uh. uh. You need to watch that one. I need to add that to the, uh, uh, yeah. the list. That is, uh, my all time favorite kind of ghetto thug, drug dealer, rap type. Movie. Really? Yeah, I like that even better. Boys in the Hood, I watched once. It was like, I, nah, but. Belly okay. really affected me. I've watched that movie several times. I want you to give that one a shot because I think it stands ahead above. <clears throat> it has DMX in it and Nas and uh, ah, it's, cool. It's a, okay, it's yeah. a very underrated film, in my opinion. Hmm. 
I would like okay, to see well, what this... you think, but in the end, it gets a little like that too, where it's like in the last couple minutes, it's it's like, all right, relax. Yes, yeah, and that's what same here. I'm like, oh come on, like okay, I get it. I you didn't have to explain it to me to to for me to get the point of this movie and to get the point of. I don't yeah. want to spoil it, but it's like, really? And it's such a well-made movie, and it's funny. It's genuinely funny. I can't imagine you wouldn't uh, – I don't want to say you'd give it the same score, but you would really enjoy this movie. This is definitely a gem in the rough on uh, Netflix for me. Cool. Gem in the rough. I'll, so, I'll definitely watch it at some point Yeah, or you should. I That one there you may even want to watch with your wife. I, I'm not sure where she stands on like early 90s hip-hop music. Oh, she'd but, love it. <laughs> okay. It was just cool. I'm like, oh, they're referencing this rapper and this rapper and how they, they get kind of made fun of because they're acting like that. But the acting is so good in this movie um, that you buy that these characters genuinely love this early nineties. It's it's like if you and I would just like okay, we're gonna go back to the grunge era and we are gonna act and dress grunge. Uh-huh. The end. Done. Yeah, yeah, so. I did that. That's where I'm at right now. What are you talking? Yeah, about? I don't even understand yes. what you're saying right now. You think it's over? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what happened in my real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, newsflash for uh, those of us that those listening that can't see us, I dress the exact same way now that I did in eighth grade. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, thanks. It was a no, joke. No, you're supposed to laugh, no, but instead you're like, no, no, oh, no. you're sad. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, trust me. I go through my phase, and right now my phase is gangster rap. <laughs> That's... Oh, it's like, okay, I'm driving by myself now up to Akron, so easy, here we go. Uh, rolling the phone on my six phone. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yep. Oh, that's great. Okay, go ahead, you can have another one. Okay, uh, let's see here. You've done one. Straight out of Compton, two. Straight out of Compton. Okay. Um, Next I'm up, Boys through. in the Hood. <laughs> Oh, let's talk about Jupiter Jupiter Ascending. Yes, there you go. Okay, so I watched this movie, and uh, I'm on the fence with this one. Uh, I every part of me wants to really like this movie, and not be- not because I, okay. I know you. Go ahead, but if you hated it, trash it all you want. No, no, I, gave, I did not hate this I gave, movie. I gave you the Blu-ray, and yeah. you had been fully prepared on this show multiple times. Oh yes, and my expectations, even at, with your review, my expectations were low. And the whole way through, I'm like, this is a gorgeous movie, and I loved the plot of this movie. I loved the. Uh, I'm not sure how far I should go. Go with ahead, plot, man. But We've both seen it. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, Jupiter is no one, no one else is going to watch yeah, it at this point really. that it hasn't already seen planet it. Planet um, Killing, but harvesting. Planet Killing and Planet Harvesting. I loved that. It kind of was a kind of a throwback to Matrix because this is the, from the Warshawskis. Uh, but it felt like it needed to be longer to me, or split up into two movies, or better yet, be a like a one year long. Uh, miniseries on TV, and I I get it. You that with the budget that this thing had, you probably couldn't do that. But they crammed a shitload of stuff in two hours in this movie. Too much to to for for me. Um, that was my main gripe of the movie. The second gripe for me was Channing Tatum's. Ah, I felt I just he looked embarrassed <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> to me, he always looked like he was on a movie set. Like it, he always felt like. This was the rehearsal. Like he was, he was right there. 
But yeah, it's like I've got my Spock ears on and I'm going to skateboard in the air. But the action was so good and the visuals were I mean, those CGI effects are going to last for years and years and years. They were gorgeous. Um, so I, I'm on the fence with it. I, part of me wants to love the movie and the other part, it's like, that's a missed opportunity. That should have been way longer. And they, they screwed the pooch on it by cramming too much, too much into two hours. Screwed the pooch. Channing Tatum. Dog, yeah. dog boy. Yo, there you go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, no, I, so, I, again, to recap my feelings on that movie, it was sort of like, if uh, you're the kind of person that goes into a sci-fi film and is like, why is that guy blue? Why are his ears pointy? Why, why, huh? Other planets? What? Hyperspace? You will absolutely hate every single thing about this film. If you're the kind of person that goes in like, I like Star Wars and Star Trek and fantasy and this is fun. You'll come out going, didn't quite deserve all the hate. Not No, it did not no deserve the hate. I ever say, you will love this. It was just sort of like... Don't listen to the critics. Like, give it a yeah. half a shot. And you know what? I enjoyed it way more the second time than the first. Because the first time I was absorbing the plot, like you said, and yeah. exact same reaction was like, eh, plot's all kind of all over the place. Second time, I didn't feel that way. So I, I look oh, I look forward okay. to uh, if you ever watch it again. <laughs> Which I understand if, you, if, I understand if you're like one and done, but... I'm not sure. I, I don't know. It, it feels like there's a version out there that's way longer. I loved Cloud Atlas. Loved that movie. And it just felt like there needed to be at least an hour more of this movie. It did. I, and it's, it's, we probably will never get it because it bombed. Uh, but I like the fact that the Wachowskis try new stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know I compared it to the Matrix, but I like that this is not, Comparable, like hey, you have you it? have to swing, okay? They swung with the Matrix, they kind of swung with Jupiter Ascending as well, and not everyone is going to go out of the park. The Matrix yeah. did, this didn't, and yeah. here is the biggest defense I have of this movie: they went to what is it, Warner Brothers, who is bumbling everything in the world right now. Uh, yeah. They went to them and said, "We want to make this movie about I don't remember what it was. It was a gay Iraq war veteran. Uh, PTSD, transgender, something or other, a uh, small, small, uh, emotional drama film. And they yeah. said, we want to start a new sci-fi trilogy series. We want more of that. And they said, well, we kind of got this Jupiter sending thing going. And they're like, here, here's, we'll give you 200 million for that, but we're not going to give you 20 million for the other thing. That's Man. the story that I have been told. <laughs> wow. So therefore you have Jupiter ascending, a thing they were not fully impassioned about and it shows and there you have it and now you yeah that fully explains the movie in my opinion take it for what it mm. is it just I, yeah. I don't think it quite deserved as much hate as it got yeah because uh, people got ultra nitpicky but at the other on the other hand I ain't sitting here going to bath for it either. <laughs> yeah. It has well, and also, Meg was, Meg is, <laughs> she's Meg. Meg. It's Meg. She has no Meg, Meg is so incredibly beautiful <laughs> that she's almost distracting in the movie. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, not Meg. Ah, oh, it's like, she's, and then she's in the end, she's on her hands and he's scrubbing a toilet. I'm like, really? Nah, come on. And I, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad. I'm t totally glad I watched it. If I would find that Blu-ray for the price that you paid for, I'd totally buy that. Two dollars totally and fifty cents. Yeah. 
<laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, that was not as bad as the hate that it got. Definitely not. Yeah, great episode. We're once again, defending BVS and Jupiter Ascending. So <laughs> all the credibi- credibility in the world right here. Yep. <laughs> Spilling drinks all over ourselves. And movie freaks. <laughs> now, should I chime in real quick about Grand Piano? Yes. Do Grand Piano okay. and then let's be done. Okay. So I echo every single thing that you said in your review. Uh, gave it three and a half stars. Yep. And I'm actually kind of kicking myself in the ass for not giving it four because this was a good movie. Total gem in the rough. Uh, total gem. I, Elijah Wood, John Cusack, fantastic. Uh, I like the fact that it was set essentially in one setting. And the whole way through, I'm like, what the hell is going to happen next? Like, what, and what is going to happen next? Uh, cat and mouse, uh, Basically, a, a pianist is performing to a big crowd, and there's a sniper with a gun pointed at him saying, play this piece, this impossible piece, perfectly, or I'm going to shoot you and or your wife sitting up in the uh, up in the box, yeah. the stand. And the whole way through, I'm like, oh, I mean, what is going to happen next? And then Elijah would, would play the piano, and the long takes that they would do with with his performance playing the piano. I'm like, how is he doing that? I'm sure that there's movie magic at play, but that was shot so well. I true, I truly believed that Elijah Wood was playing that piano perfectly. That was amazing. I agree. And I got so wrapped up in the story that I found myself forgetting to look for those things, which I, I always tend to do. I'm always like, okay, Elijah, let's see you play piano. Right. Let's see. Yeah. This. I got so wrapped up in the story that I was like, you know, cause he's playing piano while he's texting behind the sheet and he's doing oh, yeah. all, oh, all, all great. These, finding these, uh, backdoor ways to communicate with other people. And it was days later that I'm like, wait a minute. He wasn't really playing that piano or days later where I'm like, wait a minute. John Cusack, he might have only been on set for two days <laughs> yet he felt like he was in the entire oh, film yeah. i felt his presence in that movie the entire time yeah. but seriously realistically yeah. he might have only been there for a weekend yeah. tops yeah and he probably <laughs> most of his voice stuff he probably just skyped it in yeah could have totally could have <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i was blown away i was very impressed it had a very um snake eyes feel to it i guess i it's, it's a thriller. It's a thriller. Yeah. yeah. Long takes. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I, I'm surprised that, that that movie didn't get a bigger release. Maybe the the combination with or the uh, putting up it against a phone booth was too obvious. It's yeah. very much phone booth, but yeah, it's better. Almost better. I haven't watched that movie in a oh, while, yeah. but. Yeah. Damn, I, I I was pretty shocked by it. So, yeah, good movie. Uh, anybody that out there that has Netflix, definitely check out uh, Dope and check out Grand Piano. Both good movies. Very good movies. Awesome. Well, we've covered one hell of a range of uh, things this evening. I think it's time to wrap it up. All right. Uh, okay. As always, Movie Freaks Pod is your keyword at Yahoo for email uh, on Facebook for our main page and on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. 
Uh, don't forget to visit our friends, Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly. Uh, anything you want to tease or plug? Uh, yes, on April the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd at the Canton Palace Theater in downtown Canton is going to be the Canton Film Festival. And uh, I'll be hosting the Thursday night event on the 21st, so I'll be introing the short films that night and the feature movie. And then there's uh, some special guests. Robert Kurtzman, Kurtzman is going to be there, and if you haven't heard of Roger, Robert Kurtzman, shame on you. Go to IMDb and do a search. He has done tons of special effects in movies. Most recently, he's done stuff for Tusk and um, some older stuff. He's done stuff for From Dust to Dawn, but more than likely, if you were listening to this show, you know who Robert Kurtzman is, but he is going to be there in person uh, with some of his uh, props as well. So we're really looking forward to uh, that as well as seeing a bunch of uh, local and uh, across the country and several from other countries uh, short films being played at the Canton Film Festival. So please come out and support uh, support that. Otherwise, cinema sidekicks, cinema soft underbelly. There you go. I'm done. <laughs> awesome. Well done, sir. Um, that's gonna wrap up this episode. I'm Eric Barner. I'm Jim Weaver. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs>
my briefcase. Seems reasonable. <laughs> Fun. Uh, let's try that. And it, was, it had happened in slow motion. I'm like, where goes <laughs> it really Splash? Did. It was not. Where were we? Uh, uh, okay. What were we talking about? I was mid-sentence of something. Um, you were saying um, uh, something that you, we had... Uh, <laughs> um, well, shit. 